Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Hell yeah, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfuckers. You're listening to Chad and Cheese, HR's most dangerous podcast. I'm Joel Cheeseman. And I'm Chad Sowash. On this week's show, straight out of beta, Hire by Google unleashes candidate discovery for the masses. Glassdoor is out with its best places to work, and Facebook is not number one. And if you thought millennials suck, and I do, wait till you get a load of Gen Z. Mom's cooking chicken and collard greens. We'll be right back after a word from Job Addicts, who's celebrating a birthday this month. With Job Addicts' first birthday almost here, we are proud of all we've accomplished with advertising clients, publisher job sites, recruitment marketing agencies, and staffing firms. Thank you for all the support and trust you have placed in us. Since 2017, Job Addicts has used the best of consumer ad tech's bidding and ad delivery to build an incredible programmatic job advertising exchange and continue to rapidly grow our network of partner sites. We've also launched a feed inventory management platform called Switchboard, effectively offering our dynamic technologies to all job board partners. And we've developed our revolutionary live alert, which eliminate latency and expire job ads via email. No more dead clicks or overages from job links, whether open today, next month, or next year. For more information about our solutions, please reach us at join us at jobaddicts.com. Happy birthday. Well, hopefully my audio is better this week. You sound better. At least from my standpoint, you sound better. Do I sound sexy though? You always sound sexy. You uh, sound even more sexy. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, dude. Happy birthday. Job at X celebrating one year. Uh, obviously still around because they advertise on the Chad Cheese podcast. Well, yeah. Duh. <laughs> Give me your dice rant real quick. Okay, so this is this is pretty funny. I re- reached out to a dice just to be able to uh, see if we could get Art on the show because when we saw him down in New Orleans, pretty much ran from us. Uh, we were like, "Hey, dude, we want to get you on the show. We want to do uh, we want to do uh, an interview with you." And he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." And then I think he just like hit the eject button, got the fuck out. Didn't he jump out of a window? I think I remember <laughs> saying that. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> he he could have. Uh, but I reached out and I was like. Like, hey, look, we'd like to get Art uh, on the show, get an interview. Obviously, we had Mike Durney before, who's the old CEO, and got a very prompt response that says pretty much thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, that's pretty weak, man. Like, we've interviewed some, you know, decent folks, including, (laughs) as you said, the former Dice CEO. And I thought we were very respectable. Um, Obviously, we didn't come with softball questions. But uh, yeah, art, art, dude, you should come out, man. It's all good. We'll be, we'll be nice. We'll be fair. We'll be a little bit tough, but uh, it's all good. The only thing I can think of is, you know, they're, they're in the midst of a sell or something, Mm. uh, a sale and uh, maybe don't want to rock the boat with some weird interview on some weird podcast with two knuckleheads. Yeah, it's still it's it's all about transparency, right? If you're afraid to actually come on a podcast where you know you're going to get hard questions and we're not just going to throw fluff at you, then, you know, your game is pretty fucking weak. I mean, look, part of your job, I believe, as a CEO is to be out in the public 
um, mm. to be the voice of a company, to justify the vision, to to frame, uh, you know, the activities that are going on. Um, to me, CEOs that don't do that fail in their CEO roles. Weak man, weak. I'm gonna give a shout out to Gap. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm a a loyal Gap user, buyer, customer. Um, I probably joined their email list back in the early 2000s. I still get emails. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this, for the first time that I can remember, I got an email from them saying, basically, love gap, we're hiring with an email of the, you know, sort of a branding message, why it's a great place to work, click here to link to jobs. Uh, I bring this up as a shout out simply because retailers in, in particular who don't take advantage of their fans yeah. to promote jobs, I think are mm-hmm. really missing a grand opportunity. I can only imagine how many people are in Gap's database and how many applies they probably got from this campaign. And I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, like, uh, likewise, anyone who applies to a job for Gap should be getting marketing messages in some fashion if they opt into them. Uh, from Gap. So it kind of works both ways, but kudos and shout out to Gap for at least taking that step of saying, hey, you're you're on our list as a buyer. We'd love to have you as an employee or hey, forward this to someone who might be. Kudos to them for doing that. Yeah. Well, you could see in the the email, and I would assume there were live links that uh, you could obviously go and take a look at jobs or you could shop. So, I mean, it was like, hey, let's go ahead and hit this from both angles because it is the brand that you that you obviously like. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. It all took me to Gap. All about the Gap, man. <laughs> That's for sure. And I probably got a pair of socks while I was there. <laughs> okay, so dude, we had to talk about one of the funniest things that just happened. So Joel and I were prepping for this call, and Joel received uh, a call from his pre-op nurse uh, to talk about his colonoscopy tomorrow. <laughs> and it was the funniest fucking call ever. <laughs> The thing is, if you work in the endoscopy industry, you got to have a pretty good sense of humor. I will also uh, highlight the fact that there's nothing wrong with me. Uh, Knock on wood. I'm going up for my annual or whatever, not annual, but my checkup. Shout out to my anus. I guess we'll we'll bring that in there as well. Um, it, it is, this is virgin territory. So I'm praying for a, a gentle doctor uh, tomorrow. And otherwise... Yeah, everyone goes through this, uh, particularly males that are aging uh, in the re- in the realm that we are. Uh, I'm sure you'll be up for your uh, inspection <laughs> soon as well, <laughs> and we can make fun of you uh, when that day comes up. Uh, soon to be your monthly visit uh, for your monthly colonoscopy. Yes. By the way, we're recording uh, in the morning, which we normally do anyway. Yeah. But uh, at two o'clock, I take about a handful of Dulcolax. <laughs> I will be in the uh, toilet for the rest of the day. So okay, too far. On Thursday or Friday or Thursday, yeah. If you <sighs> called me Thursday by the time this comes out and I didn't answer, this is why. <laughs> too far. Uh, let's go ahead and switch gears. So uh, shout out to David, an engineering nerd herder at uh, Amazon. He loved Chad and Cheese uh, chatbot episode with Quincy. Shared a picture of him uh listening to chad and cheese while walking his dog so a double shout out uh a chad and cheese pod fan and a dog lover you gotta love that yeah that was a great picture and by the way uh you shared his twitter um account did he share it on twitter i believe yeah, it was twitter 
and his uh, his Twitter bio pretty much read like the ideal cheese, Chad and Cheese fan. So aside from being an engineering nerd herder at Amazon, he's a fan of 80s hair bands. He likes the Giants, Fender guitars, and he's fueled by cookies and chocolate milk. If that doesn't say Chad and Cheese demographic, I don't know what does. That's targeted right there. Uh, also, also talking about the chat, the, the chatbot episode, it almost killed Ed. And for all of you that are out there, if you don't know about the chatbot drinking game for Chad and Cheese, whenever we say chatbot, that's when you're supposed to take a shot. So, um, I think it took Ed like a week to get through just that podcast and it nearly killed him. If the, if the Eagles won't kill him, uh, <laughs> we probably will. Um, shout out to Jobby a uh, firing squad alum mm-hmm. uh, recently launched www.armyjobsongoogle.com. Uh, you can plug in a URL of your job posting and see if it's on Google or not. Uh, the drawback of this is you have to submit your email address, which obviously becomes a sale, oh, yeah. a sales lead for them. So be sure to, to prep yourself for emails and calls if you do find out if your jobs are on Google or not. Yes. Uh, my last shout out is this Tim Sackett for thinking that uh, his hugs aren't forced. Uh, <laughs> I like how Tim is up front about how he wants to get a hug from just about everybody. Uh, but if you uh, if you get in range, you're getting a hug. So everybody who's out there, if you've never met Tim and you want to be able to obviously make eye contact and wave, you need to quickly turn the other way and get the hell out of the AO because you're going to get a hug if you're not looking for one. Yeah. And I, I, I'm starting to think that this is why he wears bow ties, that he can sort of, you know, put you in a trance with his bow tie. And the next thing you know, he's got you in a bear hug. So we're on to you, Tim. We're on to you. Uh, shout out to Smashfly, who just announced with yeah. Tim, speaking of Mr. Packet, uh, Transform Live uh, Smashfly's annual conference. Uh, is coming back. So in 2019, they'll they'll do it again. Um, Sackett is going to be the MC. I've heard rumors that Chad and Cheese might show up uh, <laughs> to some degree. But uh, shout out to Smashfly and Josh Dwayne, who's also been an interviewee on the show, did a great job. Uh, shout out to those guys. And also, lastly, uh, Chastity Melvin, uh, the first female and African American coach. Well, female African-American coach at uh, the Charlotte Hornets and the um, I'm spacing on it. It was a was it the WNBA team as well. Anyway, shout out to her for uh, for making uh, another step up the ladder. Yeah, she was on the WNBA team, but she was actually going to she's going to be coaching an NBA team, correct? Yes. Yeah. The Hornets. Good job. Yeah. Good. That's or the Bobcats. I fuck up. Yeah. It's a bad city for basketball <laughs> unless it's North Carolina or Duke. <laughs> God, you ready to get to the show? Yeah, do this. Do this. Google straight out of beta with their candidate discovery tool. Mm -hmm. Uh, First talked about this in March or April. Uh, Basically, they put Google search capabilities into your own ATS. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, when you post jobs, they sort of let you discover candidates that are deep inside your database that you've forgotten about. Uh, They also allow you to um, mass email. I'm sure through Gmail, uh, mm-hmm. those folks that are in that database to contact them. Uh, them and, and I'm sure from that point, they go through the screening and the scheduling and the whole googly experience. Yes. 
So this is a warning flare for every recruiting platform in this space, not just applicant tracking systems. Um, obviously, for the applicant tracking system there that don't have any type of matching technology, AI matching technology, uh, you just allowed an SMB applicant tracking system to provide better tech than you can provide. An upstart, not even they're not even two years old yet, are they? No. Yeah, so Hire has better job search, number one, from the uh, Google Talent Solutions Cloud, whatever the hell that thing's called, API. So from the candidate side, you're getting better job search, better matches there, and now better candidate matching in the search. So applicant tracking systems, if you don't see that you need to actually help companies leverage their candidate database, you're going to get your asses handed to you. Now for job sites, here's another thing. And job sites need to need to think about this as well. Anything with a candidate database, the day of CPC and CPA are really fucking over because it's all about qualified candidate. Focusing on the qualifications piece, doing this matching piece, that's where everybody needs uh, needs to start stepping because if they're not and they're just focusing on apps, then they're already behind. You know, this is a trend, you know, you're way behind if you're not into this. Google isn't necessarily blazing a trail. Yeah. Um, Uncommon, we've talked to have sort of this, you know, automated sourcing, mm -hmm. uh, text recruit, uh, partner with Next to sort of build in a, a, a sourcing tool for what they do. Crowded, we've talked about. Obviously, they're doing, they're sort of on the forefront of some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Lever and ATS has this as part of their stuff. Um, the trend is definitely going in this direction. And if you're an ATS that isn't providing this or even a job board, um, you're really behind the times and LinkedIn as well, we reported uh, as doing sort of a similar SMB tool where, you know, you post the job and they pull people from the LinkedIn database that are potential candidates for the job that you just posted. Mm -hmm. So this is a trend that's going to happen. Now, what I'm waiting for, and I think what you are as well is, you know, when is Google going to open this thing up to the whole internet? Oh yeah. Or at least the internet is what Google as, as much of the internet that Google can find and deliver to you as possible, because that's going to happen. It just, it's just a matter of what it looks like. And and how much the uh, the global bureaucracy and governmental uh, hands can mess this thing up. Yeah. Uh, but that's going to happen, certainly, at least in, in North America, I would well, think. Before you even get there, though, I mean, this is for all the talent acquisition professionals that are listening. You've paid millions or in some of you tens of millions of dollars over the years to build candidate databases in your applicant tracking system that you never leverage. I mean, that that data is just there. It's going into atrophy. So this is the time to start demanding that that asset is used because you're spending money every single day to buy the same damn candidates over and over and over. So if you're not talking to the Intellos hiring solved uncommons, obviously, then you're doing it all wrong. You're spending a bunch of money to try to obtain candidates that you already have. What the, that makes no mm -hmm. fucking sense whatsoever. So obviously your search in your applicant tracking system in most cases sucks. Totally get that. That's why you need these matching technologies and these APIs to surface qualified candidates and help your, your sourcers and recruiters get to qualified people faster. Yep. The lines between marketing and recruiting continue to blur. Yep. That's why we're seeing drip campaigns from folks like Text Recruit. We're seeing, you know, these sort of wake up the dead, keep your databases yep. active. This is all good stuff. It's just recruiting is behind the times and uh, needs to catch up. Yeah. And a candidate ID 
is doing that waking the dead kind of a thing too. So, but that's more marketing centric. So yeah, I mean, there's so much that's out there today that can help you leverage the money that you've already spent in building a foundation of, of can't qualified candidates. If you're focusing on where am I going to post my jobs, dude, you are so fucking far out there. You're not even close to focused on what you should be targeting in on. And that's your candidate database. We're talking about waking the dead and I had deleted all of the Halloween sound bites from our soundboard. <laughs> I'm very, very upset by that. Uh, well, Glassdoor, speaking of, you know, branding and mm-hmm. experience and all that good stuff, uh, released their best places to work list. This is a very uh, exciting time for many companies because they can put little logos on their sites and advertisements and talk about how great they are. Uh, The top 10 list reads as follows. Uh, This is sort of a broad list of big companies that you know, probably. Mm -hmm. Um, Facebook is not number one anymore. They dropped from number one to number seven. Ouch. Um, Now they dropped from, you know, 4.6 is number one. Facebook is 4.5. So it's not like a huge, huge uh, drop that they've done from a overall standpoint. But uh, Bain and Company comes in at number one. I don't even know who that is. Uh, Zoom Video Communications, don't know who that is. Uh, number three is In and Out Burger, definitely know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> and craving them right now, but I can't eat for the next 24 hours. Uh, number four, and they're not in Indiana. Number four, Procure Technologies. No. Don't know them. Boston Consulting. Do you know them? Mm-hmm. Number six, LinkedIn, the first, I guess, job site employment related company on the on the list. Number seven is Facebook, like we said. Number eight is Google. Uh, number nine, Lululemon, which is your favorite yoga pant, from what I understand. <laughs> uh, and number ten, Southwest Airlines. So the first the first five are a little bit bizarre. Uh, even In and Out Burger, like to have high ratings for Glassdoor from a burger joint is kind of interesting. Yes. They've got definitely going on there but any thoughts from you on that that top 10 list yeah i mean zoom i, I think zoom is like video conferencing i, I think that's who, who that is i could be wrong um but yeah sure. it, you know i it doesn't really doesn't really surprise me especially uh seeing uh facebook take a tumble and i mean it wasn't that big of a tumble i mean facebook rating like you said is now 4.5 among u.s workers is still you know, a full point higher than the the rest of the average companies. And, and were they really going to be number one forever? Facebook pays top dollar, but employees inc. And this is from one of the articles that I was reading, but the employees increasingly, increasingly don't want to work for a company that runs its business without any ethical barometer. So obviously Cambridge Analytica happened that's still mm-hmm. bad. And, and yeah, it might've been a while ago, but it's still hurting. And then the recent uh, articles like delay, deny and deflect that came out in the New York times that uh, again, it's starting to expose that look, leadership knew that bad shit was happening and they didn't do anything about it, but yet they've been preaching to us that we are the savior of the internet. Right. And they're finding that mm-hmm. a good amount of that's bullshit. And uh, obviously, you know, that's that's going to hit their ranking. Yeah, Facebook is kind of a mess right now. Not only the the stuff you mentioned, but people are leaving the company. Uh, sort of word on the tech crunch circles are uh, Facebook employees are really uh, aggressively asking around uh, who's hiring and applying to other companies around Silicon Valley, which is an incredibly... Um, competitive environment. Uh, you've got the African-American 
employees at Facebook coming out and saying that the company is very sort of unfair uh, to African-American employees to the point even I, I remember a story of some of the uh, white employees would sort of put their hand over their wallets when they'd walk by uh, this one African-American I think is suing the company. But that's some messed up stuff. And if you have that kind of reputation, um, people don't want to work for you. Like there are a lot of other options out in Silicon Valley that, that aren't named Facebook that people would love to work for. And it sounds like Facebook is turning into the career builder of the social media or marketing side of the house. <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> so anyway, here's, here's, their, here's their top 10 list of like what uh, employees said they need to have uh, in these great workplaces. I'll go from 10 to 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, Letterman style. Number 10 is the ability to have work-life balance. Number nine, challenging and exciting work. Number eight, transparent senior leadership. We just talked about that. Number seven, opportunities for career advancement. Number six, that the company has a clear direction. Number five, great perks and benefits. Number four, competitive compensation. Gots to get paid. Mm -hmm. Number three, smart collaborative colleagues. That's kind of interesting. Uh, Number two, employees need to feel valued. Well, yeah. Uh, Number one, a mission-driven company culture. No big surprises on that list, but so few companies do it well. Yeah, it's uh, I think that list in itself, talk about transparency, talk about hiring the best so that, uh, you know, you don't want to be the smartest guy in the room, because if that's the case, then you're probably not in the best company in the world. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, that's that's a that's a good list when you're uh, when you're building a company. It's not easy to obtain, obviously, but Mm -hmm. uh, the biggest issue I would say because Facebook does pay well and they've got great benefits is uh, that they have individuals who are coming there that are they really are focused on the altruistic piece of Facebook. And now that has pretty much been shattered. Yeah, it's also interesting to see Google over the years fall from this list. They used to have a pretty solid grip on not necessarily Glassdoor because Glassdoor is not that old. But I remember, you know, in the 2000s, Google was consistently uh, number one in terms of the best place to work. I mean, they were the first one to sort of trailblaze free food and, mm-hmm. you know, volleyball pits and gyms. And I mean, they really set the tone for a lot of companies to improve their workplaces. So to see them sort of drop is, um, is interesting, I guess. Yeah. Inevitable. Yep. Let's hear a, a quick word from our sponsor canvas and we'll talk about LinkedIn salary data. Yeah. Ooh. Canvas is the world's first intelligent text-based interviewing platform empowering recruiters to engage, screen, and coordinate logistics via text, and so much more. We keep the human, that's you, at the center, while CanvasBot is at your side adding automation to your workflow. Canvas leverages the latest in machine learning technology and has powerful integrations that help you make the most of every minute of your day. Easily amplify your employment brand with your newest culture video or add some personality to the mix by firing off a Bitmoji. We make compliance easy and are laser focused on recruiter success. Request a demo at gocanvas.io and in 20 minutes, we'll show you how to text at the speed of talent. That's gocanvas.io. Get ready to text at the speed of talent. I love the, we keep the human. That's you. That's you. <laughs> I love that. That's you. Just in case you didn't know, you're the human and we'll be getting rid of you soon. 
<laughs> hey, you had a nice ride, human beings. <laughs> Enjoy it while it lasts. Um, LinkedIn, uh, I think this was a link uh, shared by James Ellis, our buddy, uh, Groupon, employment branding expert and p- fellow podcaster. Um, LinkedIn is now starting to uh, request salary data and provide salary data um, to their users. Uh, it looks like, so if you go to the link that they're promoting the salary information, uh, it sort of locks you to saying, tell us about your role in salary to unlock free insights for the year. Uh, see salaries for various roles, companies, and more. So you have to sort of give to get uh, with LinkedIn here. They're not just going to like, I don't know, payscale.com or something and getting that kind of data. They're looking for real um sort of uh, real-time data from their users. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is value information, valuable information. People want it, um, and LinkedIn is starting to do it. Whether you agree with how they're doing it is you know, up to debate, but certainly having that data is going to be valuable for them. It doesn't matter what you think. They're getting the data because they're asking individuals to be transparent. Um, and that being said, I'll be transparent. I don't think that James is at uh, Groupon anymore. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So uh, salary transparency uh when companies aren't posting it that's one of the issues that we've seen over the years is that you know companies have really kind of scaled down the information that they want to share with the public and one of those pieces is salary and that's that's a pretty important piece and and even google and google for jobs has said that uh that is a piece of information that they want and they need so if you're providing that information, you could prospectively rank higher. So there's there are reasons that this is happening is because we need more transparency in this industry. So where can you get it? You get it from the employees. Uh, and I went through the process. It was it was pretty cool. There was just a button that said, enter your information, enter your salary information. Uh, I took it to a page that said, see if you're being paid like other professionals. And that's how they draw you in. It's like, OK, are you getting screwed? Why don't you see? check it out. So you go through this process and you put the information in and then it obviously gives you an average uh, top end and bottom end of uh, what that job title is actually getting paid in your area. So it's providing more information to uh, the employees so that they know if they're getting screwed or not. And uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with this. I don't care if you're in talent acquisition and you want to try to keep that salary away from the public, it shouldn't be. It should be a part of the process. You should know that information before you apply for a job. And by the way, we know that Providing salary data is going to be good for you in Google for jobs, which we talked about earlier, and that companies that are more uh, transparent, more informative, give more data are going to are going to are going to just perform better on Google. So you might as well do it, get used to it, get comfortable because that's what the market wants. And you are correct. James is no longer at Groupon. Uh, I'm not too late on it. He left in September. Uh, but he's, he's doing, he's got a lot of stuff going on, man. Busy guy, proactive talent, uh, professional speaker, board member of talent brand Alliance. So yeah. Uh, good for you, James. Sorry. Sorry. I didn't know. I didn't get the memo that you left Groupon. <laughs> Apparently, uh, I'm not on the mailing list. <laughs> yeah. Just follow him on Twitter. The war for talent. He's got a podcast. It's all good. He's a fan. He's a Chad and cheese favorite. Yeah, and we interviewed, you interviewed him a while back. So if you uh, want to know more about James, check out that episode. Yep. So you're, you're kind of mad at the Muse and Digi Me 
Talk about that. Or their new name. What is it? TS-49 or something? Okay. So help me understand this. We'll, we'll get into all the whole naming and whatnot, but help me understand this. So if I go to the Muse yeah. and I want them to create video content for me, like job previews, company overviews, you know, like culture videos, whatever. Well, they create the content. They charge you for the content. Uh, and that seems pretty standard, right? Mm-hmm. But here's where it gets weird. They own the content. The employer doesn't own it. So, you know, I've been kind of on some on some boards, Facebook groups and, and things and doing a little research back and forth. And, and it's interesting because uh, I know that JSTN, which is what they used to be called, they're now called DigiMe, mm-hmm. used to have the same kind of practice where it was like, hey, look, we'll create content for you, Mr. Customer, but guess what? You don't own it. What the fuck is happening out there? That's so like 2003 um, when you would get videos. Like before YouTube, you would get videos created about whatever. It could be company culture or, hey, we want to sell some stuff. And then the company that would provide the camera and the studio and the video and, uh, and then they would edit the video and provide the final product and then they would host the video and then they would pay, then they would charge you like an, a monthly fee to host the video mm-hmm. uh, and then YouTube came along and was like oh you can just put it on YouTube for free and we've even seen this in our industry back in the day with uh, like jobbing did it um, and I want to say uh, whoever did monsters original videos I, I'm blanking on the uh, who did that, but that was their kind of model, right? It wasn't so yeah. much making it in the creation of the video, but it was like hosting it was like huge money that they were getting, uh, just consecutively month after month. That's some old stuff, man. If you're, if you're using a provider like the muse and those, those guys, and they're doing videos for you and charging you for like ownership and they're hosting it, or they're, they're kind of keeping it under lock and key. That's pretty messed up, man. And they're actually, um, I know like Firefox's browser, there are ways that you can go and like grab a video. Um, so you don't have to like mess, like you can grab it from directly from the site and it's yours and you can have a file and do whatever you want with it. That wasn't necessarily available to do back in the day, but um, the video should be yours. I don't know if they're having something in the contract that says, Hey, we own this video. We own this content, but that's some, that's garbage. Yeah. I think it's license licensing, but, companies are having to negotiate for own, for ownership of their own content. Hearing about this just pissed me off right out of the gate. And and that companies would kind of say, oh, yeah, well, you know, I, I had to negotiate for my video. It's like bullshit. That's your content. Uh, if you want to put it on YouTube, if you want to, it doesn't matter where you want to put it. This is your brand. This is your message. This is your content. Yeah. So if you go into a conversation, oh, I have to negotiate for my content, mm. turn the fuck around and get out of there. There are many other video content providers who can do this without this crazy, stupid 1990s, early 2000s bullshit ransom. Don't outthink the room. Like, I'm serious. Go to go to your local Craigslist site. Look at videographers. Uh, talk to them. Super cheap, super fat professional. You don't have to fly them in. You don't have to like ship their equipment. Um, get a nice video produced. Have your marketing team, you know, produce the content, the script, uh, storyboard it out. Like, this is not rocket science. I know that it's easier to just hire, you know, a, a, a industry vendor, but don't 
think in terms of that think in terms of like who's local who's a who's a videographer who can do this professionally and by god i mean instagram facebook twitter youtube like the platforms are out there to put these videos online and get exposure don't get a headache over the actual production and professionalism of the video. That being said, I I, I did an interview the same time, or, or same time frame that I did with James Ellis with uh, Elena Valentine over at Skill Scout, and I believe Skill Scout the content's all yours. I don't think they play those games. So if you want to go local, that's cool. If you want to go with somebody who's more professional, that's cool too. But I would say look for companies who aren't playing this bullshit. You don't own the content game. Yep. Totally agree. Totally agree. Well, let's take a break here from Sovereign and uh, good God, we'll talk about millennials <laughs> and Gen Z uh, and some Japanese extensions. I dig it. Sovereign AI matching is the most sophisticated matching engine on the market because it acts just like a human. You decide exactly how our AI matching engine thinks about each individual transaction. It will find rank, and sort the best matches according to your criteria. Not only does it deliver the best matches, it tells you how and why it produced them and offers tips to improve the results. Our engine thinks like you, so you don't have to learn how to think like the engine. To learn more about Sovereign AI matching, visit Sovereign.com. That's S-O-V-R-E-N.com. Chad, are you ready for the Gen Z experts? I am not. <laughs> Just when you were getting over the millennial experts, <sighs> now comes the Gen Z experts. So CNBC has a story about a kid named Jonah uh, Stillman, who's a 19-year-old Gen Z expert. Mm-hmm. He's worked with companies like LinkedIn, Intuit, the NFL, and others to give Gen Z insights in how to market and hire this pesky new generation quote from mr stillman i'm one of the few gen zers talking on the topic of gen z and there are very few that actually have data he's from minneapolis which we have a lot of friends there so if you know if you know mr stillman give him a high five for us uh quote it doesn't take much to share an opinion but numbers don't lie so this kid is lucky enough to have a father uh who has a a a business that sort of looks at data and trends and, and does sort of this big business, high level uh, information for companies. And it, it sounds to me like the father has taken advantage of the son uh, and the fact that he's of this generation to pimp him to companies. But either way, I'm not really ready for Gen Z. Yeah. So you realize the market is dictating this shit, right? I mean, Xers, we just joined the workforce and the boomers, they, they led the way. It wasn't a great market. I mean, when I first jumped in, so, you know, you had to conform to what was going on to an extent, right? So today there are, there are more jobs than there are people and millennials and Gen Z don't have to conform because they'll walk across the street and find another fucking job, or they'll just run a portfolio of side hustles, right? Um, because they can, uh, but yeah, this dad who's an Xer, saw an opportunity mm-hmm. uh, and he has a very charismatic son and Gen Z kid and he thought he'd make a buck while the market's good. So, you know, good for those guys. But really, I believe the market is dictating all of this. If this was a tight market and it was really hard to find a job, 
then the Gen Z and the millennials, they would either continue to live with mom and dad until they kicked them out, obviously, Mm -hmm. uh, or they would have to conform into some type of corporate type of, uh, of gig. I'm just not ready for the onslaught of consultants and experts speaking at presentations and conferences, talking about the differences of the generationals, the generational gaps. Uh, Matt Charney, who we give a hard time, uh, we give him a hard time, uh, fellow blogger, uh, personality, I guess, in this space, Mm -hmm. had a really funny tweet the other day when he said, thank God for Gen Z. Now I can just uh, find and replace all my posts about the millennials and have a whole new stock of blog posts for the next decade, which (laughs) is pretty clever and pretty funny because he's kind of right. Like the the things that we're talking about with millennials will probably be very similar to Gen Z, but I'm just not ready for it. Again, I really think it's because of the market. The market starts to uh, tighten up. Um, that'll change. That'll definitely change. But right now it's like there, again, there are more jobs and there are people. So there you have it. It'll be more like stories of universal basic income and what these kids are doing with the money that the government's giving them. 2118 happens now. So, you know, if you haven't listened, you should listen to our interview with, uh, Peter Weddle on the, his new book, uh, 20 circa 2118, uh, and then this will start to put some things, I believe, in per, into perspective because we're on the journey there now. Yep. By the way, we just released that uh, interview with with Peter Weddle, so it's live now. You can go to our archives and check it out. Let's um, let's end this let's end this miserable podcast on uh, a new Japanese uh, Chrome extension. I'm guessing that makes uh, Twitter look like Slack, so you can Slack no pun intended, at work, making your boss think that you are on Slack when actually you're checking out the Kardashian sisters on Twitter. Just another way to get over. I mean, it's interesting that, you know, individuals have enough time to come up with uh, these these great extensions or what have you, but they, they can't make them work for like work productivity. I mean, this is like anti work productivity. It's like, yeah, this isn't going to help you get your project done. Right. But we're going to make it look like you're busy. And at the end of the day, your manager is going to look at you and say, man, I see all the activity that you have going on, but your shit's still not done. doesn't matter. Activity means nothing. Productivity means something. And if you don't get your shit done, then guess what? You're, you're out the door. Ooh, that's pretty deep. It also doesn't uh, deter the fact that your boss can go to the IT department and say, hey, what websites are, you know, are Joe visiting on a regular basis? And Twitter, Twitter is still going to come up, even though it, it looks like Slack. So I think this is a strategy of, of slackerdom that is bound to, uh, to kick you in the ass. It also reminds me of the story from a while back of an IT manager who hired out uh, Upwork engineers to do his job for him and the boss got suspicious when all the work was being done like at late late at night (laughs) because that's when india is up and he got busted for that so anyway like you can look at workarounds and and ways to get around the man but it's becoming progressively tougher so was this guy actually paying out of his own pocket to get the work done out of india yeah okay so he's getting the work done (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but if you're the company and you're paying this dude a hundred grand to be an engineer and he's paying out, you know, 10 grand a year to India to do the job, 
Like you're fine with that as a company. That's one of the smartest things I've ever heard. If if he's getting a project done, and it's uh, it, it, that that's all I care about. It's the project meeting meeting uh, the needs of the company, which is apparently what he did. How he got that done? Now he's just being micromanaged. That's bullshit. <laughs> now I will say he's a trailblazer, whether he knew it or not, yeah. because the world is moving to let's just have somebody manage these folks. Um, now they won't pay him what they're getting now, but yeah, the future is probably managing folks around the world through platforms like Upwork and the high priced engineers in this country, uh, at some point may have a hard time getting a job because they are so costly. That's a good point. We out. We out. Hi, I'm Emma. Thanks for listening to my dad, the Chad and his buddy cheese. This has been the Chad and cheese podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single show. Be sure to check out our sponsors because their money goes to my college fund. For more, visit chadcheese.com. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.